Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, June 7th, and this is your FT News Briefing. A top electronics manufacturer sees the chip shortage lasting at least another year. The G7 group of advanced economies have struck what they call a historic agreement on taxing multinationals. China is trying to cool a rally in the renminbi. And the cryptocurrency ecosystem has a new breed of startups called DeFi, or decentralized finance. The way to think about it is that they're creating the basic technology to trade and to lend in ways that totally abolish our current framework. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The global shortage of semiconductors will likely last at least another year. That's the warning from one of the world's largest contract electronics manufacturers. Singapore-based Flex makes devices and electronics for companies including Ford, Dyson, and HP. The company's chief procurement and supply chain officer says the manufacturers that Flex relies on for semiconductors have pushed back their forecast and expect the shortage to end in mid-2020, some even say 2023. They cite strong demand and other events that have disrupted production, like the pandemic, the Suez Canal blockage, the extreme cold weather in Texas earlier this year, and a fire at a big chip plant in Japan. The G7 group reached an agreement over the weekend to tax multinationals. The deal would create a minimum global corporate tax rate of at least 15%. The seven advanced economies found enough compromise to reach a deal aimed at stopping companies from shifting profits to low-tax jurisdictions and to ensure that the biggest multinationals pay more tax in the countries where they already operate. But the U.S. still wants European countries to drop their digital service taxes. These are the taxes hitting U.S. tech companies like Google and Facebook. U.S. lawmakers want those digital levies gone before they sign off on the G7 tax agreement. Here's the FT's U.S. trade correspondent, Amy Williams. So for sure, there's definitely some talking left to be done over what happens with these digital services taxes that folk in the U.S. are very annoyed by. Janet Yellen said over the weekend that she wanted the Europeans in particular, to repeal those taxes immediately. And the noises from European politicians were more like, oh, well, no, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. So it seems like there's a bit of talking still left to be done there. And that, of course, is a very crucial issue because the US is threatening to put tariffs on the imports of other countries over these taxes. That's the big bugbear here. So that still needs to be hammered out. Amy Williams is the FT's U.S. trade correspondent. She writes our Trade Secrets newsletter. China's strong economic recovery has fueled a rally in its currency. But Beijing wants to cool the rally in the renminbi and has resorted to measures not used since the global financial crisis. The central bank, the People's Bank of China, is forcing lenders to hold more foreign currency. Here's the FT's Hudson Lockett. A lot of analysts suspect that this is only the first move by the PBOC in what is likely to be a series of measures to sort of tamp down on renminbi strength so that it does not upset things too much in terms of trade. But that's not to say there is total consensus within the PBOC. One official actually wrote an editorial that was later deleted 
arguing the central bank should let the currency appreciate to countering a sort of surge in global commodity prices just to make imports cheaper effectively. However, as evidenced by that post being deleted, it seems like for now at least the other side has won out. That's the FT's Asia Capital Markets correspondent, Hudson Lockett. In the world of cryptocurrency, there's been a whole bunch of startups whose aim is to disrupt conventional financial institutions like lenders and trading exchanges. These crypto startups are part of a growing movement known as DeFi, or Decentralized Finance. The FT's Miles Krupa has been reporting on this, and he joins me now to talk about it. Hey, Miles. Hi, Mark. So, Miles, to get us into this whole world, this parallel world of cryptocurrency, you focus on this one company called Uniswap. What does this company do? Uniswap is basically a new kind of exchange based entirely on automated software programs. So instead of routing a trade through a broker or another intermediary, you go to Uniswap and basically you can trade any pair of cryptocurrency you want on this software program and it will automatically match you with somebody on the other end. You don't need to do things like know your customer or any of the other sort of traditional checks a bank or an exchange might do. It sounds like DeFi companies like Uniswap don't necessarily occupy the same space as financial institutions. How exactly would DeFi uh, disrupt the more traditional industry? The way to think about it is that they're creating the basic technology to trade and to lend in ways that totally abolish our current framework through traditional financial institutions. Over time, people need to adopt crypto as their sort of main currency. So it is partially a bet on that, but it is very similar in a way to the early internet where it's very developer-driven and these people view themselves as creating the programs and the software to totally rewire the financial system. While there have been a lot of attention paid to it by venture capital firms, big names like Sequoia Capital uh, have largely avoided startups like Uniswap. Why is that? What's their hesitation? Well, I think it's because a lot of VCs got burned during the last major crypto cycle in 2017 with these things called initial coin offerings which were in some ways similar to what DeFi is doing now. But one of the largest ones, Telegram, got slapped on the wrist by regulators and firms like Sequoia had invested in it. And that is sort of a major reputational risk for some of these firms. So a lot of them are preferring to take a wait and see approach. So they're doing it, but they're doing it at an arm's length. I see. Yeah, because I mean, at the, bo- the bottom line is, is that venture capitalists invest into projects they think will make them money. And it, I'm sorry if I'm missing something, but How would a DeFi company like Uniswap make money? Well, Uniswap can make money by eventually charging fees. They're not quite there yet. The really lucrative thing about these projects is that they issue a large pool of tokens uh, to incentivize activity on the platforms and also to spread voting rights to the community members. So in the case of Uniswap, they issued about a billion tokens starting last year. And VCs are due to receive 18% of that over time. If we're taking sort of the full value of that eventual portion of the pool, VCs would be sitting on about $5 billion worth of tokens. Wow. So 
it sounds a little bit like equity, is it, it but it's not, right? It's currency. Or is it both? <laughs> <laughs> it's it, you know, it has equity like features because these tokens give you voting rights in the project, like a share would give you voting rights in a public company. But, you know, theoretically in some future world, you might also be able to use Uniswap tokens to pay for things. That's very far off and that's a major challenge in crypto, getting regular real world institutions to accept crypto as payment. But there is a world maybe where where the Uniswap token becomes an actual form of currency. Is there any concern both within this DeFi community and the investors that are piling into it that regulators is just going to put a, a whole big kibosh on this? Uh, definitely. I think we saw with initial coin offerings back in 2017, basically the SEC came in and said, these are securities and all of your projects issued unregistered securities. And that basically shut down the entire space. I think people are semi-optimistic about Gary Gensler, the new chair of the SEC, because he comes in with a lot of crypto knowledge. He taught a course at MIT on crypto. And he actually did mention DeFi in some prepared testimony as one area that he wanted to address this year. Miles Krupa is the FT's venture capital correspondent. Thanks, Miles. Thank you. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.